The American Angus Association Board of Directors helps set vision and policy for the organization. Each November, new faces are chosen to participate in that process. I'm Miranda Ryman, Senior Associate Editor of the Angus Journal, and we're presenting a series of interviews with eight candidates vying for five seats on the Board of Directors. This segment takes us to the West Coast, where I'm talking with John Dickinson. As a fifth-generation Angus breeder, John, tell us just a little bit more about yourself and your operation. Yes, thanks, Miranda. I appreciate that. Um, I have a uh, consulting and marketing company called Parnell Dickinson Incorporated, where we uh, do a variety of, uh, of marketing and, and record-keeping stuff. I, I work closely with about three or four large breeders in California that represent, I would guess, around 900 cows or so. I help them with daily tasks in terms of data submission uh, through HIR, their DNA management. Uh, it, it varies per operation, but anything from sire selection and donor matings to uh, their culling and selection of their, of their bulls and females to sell, and we, we also help them marking those bulls and females. Um, so we provide that service for, for um, a, lot of, a lot of different customers, but uh, three main ones, like I said, in California, and then our company, Parnell Dickinson, we've, we've got a registered cow herd ourselves. We run about 30 registered cows. Um, and uh, they're in California outside of Auburn. And, and um, on a given year, 50 to 100 commercial Angus cows. That would be probably a bit less this year with the drought situation we've got in the West. But, um, yeah, we're in, involved in the feeder calf trade as well. My, my partner, um, Jake Parnell, manages an auction yard in, in Sacramento, outside of Sacramento, California. We do a lot of, uh, a lot of work in the feeder calf sector as well. From that vantage point, uh, what are some things that you think are going right in the Angus business today? I, I would say there's a, a lot of things going right. Um, you know, just had a chance to, to peek through the record of the business for the fiscal year and um, just seeing the numbers offhand, registrations being up 2.5%, transfers up. Uh, I think membership was up 3.8% or so, and juniors were up, I think, double digits. So. That all seems lively and well. We'd like to see that those increases, you know, year over year. Um, you know, demand for CAB obviously been been great. The you know, gone a great run uh, through the past, you know, several years and so forth. I think, from an association standpoint, those two things, lots of member activity, um, lots of juniors coming into the program. The demand for CAB makes the, the breed valuable. I think there's, there's a lot of equity in that. And you know, what the breed has done, in my opinion, is they've, they've created a a lot of different options for breeders. We've got a diverse uh, membership. Um, we've got guys that, that do bull sales, guys that uh, work on, on the female end of things, guys that do in between. But I think that diversity is, is key. And the association has provided a, a broad set of, of tools available for those breeders. Um, some we've had for years in terms of, you know, birth weaning, yearling, those kind of things. Some have come along over the past, you know, five or ten years. More specific traits as far as, um, you know, the, the heifer pregnancy numbers and the docility numbers and all those kind of things. I mean, there's a lot of stuff to use. I don't think anybody thinks they need to use every single number across the, the box, but for whatever avenue you want to raise Angus cattle or for whatever type, whether you want to use, you know, all the numbers, a couple of numbers or none of the numbers, you've got that option. And I like that about the Angus breed. I like the, the fact that uh, you can kind of raise them how you want to, sell them how you want to, and and there's a lot of stuff I think uh, coming down the road too, so that's that's pretty neat. I really enjoy hearing everybody talk about what's going right in the business, but I've also really enjoyed this next question, which is talk about some of the challenges that Angus breeders will face in the future, and how can the association adapt to best best meet its uh, needs of its membership? 
Yeah, yeah, and I, I think there will be things that pop up, and I think there's been been challenges in the past, and I, I sure like how our association has just addressed those topics, you know, in those aspects. I mean, just, again, referring back to that report where I saw that, you know, we've got the increase of 2.5% on registrations, 313,000 or something like that, and the fact that uh, HR numbers were down 3 to 3%. Um, that's a number that I, I guess I'd like to see a little bit stronger, you know, if we're registering that many more CAD, I'd like, like to see some more of those weights and those phenotypes come in, I think, you know, as far as the integrity of our database goes and the ability to, to validate and balance those genomically enhanced DPDs, we need to really focus on gathering the phenotypes and putting those with the, with the population. I think those, those go not only hand in hand, but uh, I think they, they both need each other to, to make them more accurate. Uh, I think that's one advantage that we have over any other kind of evaluation. And so I'd like to see that, that number, number be stronger and figure out some ways to, to raise that, those HR numbers if registration are going to the same point. Um, but, you know, aside from that, there's always constant improvement. I think uh, our board and, and our staff has, has been, has a lot of, has had a lot of foresight the past few years. I mean, I've been on top for, for decades, and, you know, you can get complacent in that aspect. Uh, um, I don't think we, we have. I think we've always looked to see what's coming down the pipe, what's on the edge, um, those kind of things, and, and operating justifi you know, justifiably in that aspect, too. You know, one thing that you know, when they improved this past, I think it was May or something, when they improved the, the core population, the, of the genotype population. I think that was really critical in, in uh, just keeping things accurate, and, and uh, I like that. But we'll, we'll see things pop up, as, but in the past, we've always responded well with those challenges, and I, I think we will in the future, too. Well, I found anywhere that there is a challenge, there's always an opportunity for leadership. So tell me a little bit about your leadership style and why good leadership matters. That's an interesting question, too. I mean, I, I guess I'm I'm not one that's going to walk into the room and I think I have all the, the answers uh, to solve all the problems and so forth. I, I definitely have thoughts and opinions on topics. I tend to be more of a analytical type thinker, right brain kind of, kind of person, where I want to get the information uh, as much as we can to make those decisions. Uh, so I'm pretty thorough on that. Um, but I think that's, I don't know, I guess if that's, a, if that's a style, it's just kind of how, how I go about it. But um, good leadership matters because it uh, drives its association. You know, I, I think that the value, I'll refer back to a prior comment where I said that, you know, the breed is, is diverse and it's got a lot of different types and kinds of people and different operations in different parts of the country. And that is a total asset that we have. And that board, I think, is even represented in that aspect. And I, I like folks coming from different backgrounds and different, um, different drivers they have on, on their system, you know, so I, I think that, uh, you know, I believe in, in collective wisdom. I think that, um, you know, having all those thoughts in, in one place is, is good. Uh, and then you, if you have a group of people, you can, you can get to the, the, right, the right answer. And I, it's, with that, though, everybody has to have, has, to have the chance to, to speak out and voice their opinion. And uh, I think if it's, it's open like that, then I think uh, that's a great leadership style. And when you talk about diversity, I definitely see that in all the people that we have in the opportunity to, to interview in the course of my career. So um, is there anything else that you'd like people to know before November's annual meeting? Um, you know, I guess I've just been telling a lot of folks about my background and so forth. Um, like you mentioned before, I'm a fifth-generation Angus breeder that grew up in central Illinois. I'm very proud of that uh, fact. Um, my great-great-grandfather actually was uh, state senator, Simon Lance, who was president of the association in 1941. Um, you know, he bought some of the first, or he bought some of the first 
Angus in the area in Illinois when he went to Iowa in 1896 and purchased a few registered Angus females and um, brought those back. That, that farm still grows today. My, my father and my brother are back there raising those cattle. Um, I was one that went out and did, did something a little bit different. And I traveled west about 20 years ago and 23 years ago, I guess it was. And, and, um, and yes, started out in, in California and, and worked throughout the west. And, and uh, I'm very partial to the west myself. I, I don't know if, you know, I was asked by a couple delegates on the phone the other night about any kind of platform I had that. And I guess I don't see myself having a platform aside that I think, you know, the western, the folks of the western United States, Richard Angus breeders, you know, have their own uh, um, values and important important topics that are relevant to them. And we want to represent that, that portion of the country, you know, fairly. I think it's good to have a person from the West on that board, and that's the reason I'm running this year. I've really enjoyed hearing all these diverse perspectives on leadership, so thanks for that, John. And as I've been telling everybody as I get off the phone, that anybody who's ever served on a board knows that it's a time commitment. So we're really appreciative of, of all the candidates that we have putting their name up there for consideration. So with that, I'll, I'll let you go, and we'll look forward to letting people get to know you in Fort Worth. For a full list of delegates or to learn more about the elections, visit angusconvention.com. Elections take place Monday, November 8th, during the business meeting of the convention. To listen to all board candidate interviews, visit angusjournal.net. Reporting for the Journal, I'm Miranda Ryman.